Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Yes, I Can podcast, where our mission is to empower and inspire you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Paul Can, and I am so excited to have you. Now, I am very pumped about our guest today, and she is definitely one heck of a personality, and I'm really excited to jump into conversation with her. She is the CEO of the True To You branding, and she is on a mission to help people to bring to life a personal brand that is true to you through vulnerability and authenticity, and her expertise is in social media and branding. And her journey began with her just studying media moguls and influencers on LinkedIn. And she definitely has a talent for audience engagement and she has a love for people. And through that, her social media presence has completely taken off and continues to build and increase very quickly. And now she's doing the same for others. And you know, her journey didn't always start there. She suffered from clinical depression and attempted suicide as a teenager. And now she is a huge mental health advocate and has spoken on dozens of podcasts about overcoming depression and being able to now thrive. So please help me in welcoming the creator of the YouTube channel called Rack the Boat, where she empowers children to see and know their worthiness and be heard through candid conversations with kids of all ages. Please help me in welcoming Raquel Morris. Raquel, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited too. That's why I name myself the chief excitement officer. I'm not the chief executive officer because I always seem to be excited. <laughs> I love that. Chief, the workplace would be much more, I'd say, exciting and uh, probably fun if we were every CEO definitely rebranded themselves as the right? chief excitement officer. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm definitely no executive. <laughs> And, you know, I'm really excited for our conversation today because, you know, I think that the great thing about your journey is that, you know, not only from where you started and just your journey of where you are now and what you're creating out in the world now, um, but just really in terms of all the incredible um, lessons and things that you stand for in the world. So, you know, I'd love to really start there, you know, bring us along that journey of what led you to you know, being a stand and, you know, creating all these different things, you know, from the, the YouTube channel to, you know, really being a advocate for, you know, authenticity and really having that as who you are and your brand. So take us along that journey of, of, you know, what led you to what you're creating now? Well, I do have to admit it was a very long journey and it's still going strong. <laughs> I'm 45 this year, but as a child, everyone just assumes that I was this extrovert and super social because I'm like that right now. And I was just a, you know, fireball. But if anything, as a kid, I was a perfectionist just the, with our family dynamic. I had to be kind of the perfect child. And I felt like I could not do anything wrong. I couldn't, you know, rock the boat. That's why I have <laughs> call my YouTube channel rock the boat now. But I just was so insecure, such a people pleaser. 
Oh gosh, I was, it was awful. So for so many years, I've been that child where I just never listened to myself. I always listened to what others had to say. I always, um, you know, said yes. I could never say no. If I upset someone, gosh, I would feel so guilty and I would carry that with me. And there was just a lot that I internalized and I just took that with me through my marriage. Um, and it wasn't until my thirties, if you will, that I started taking yoga and I ended up uh, getting my certification to become a yoga instructor. And I'll have to tell you that was really impactful and empowering because when it comes to yoga, you really have to look inside yourself. I mean, there's just, you know, the meditative process, the kind of, you know, looking into your soul, the breathing, there's so many different aspects that really make you go with inside yourself. And I realized like, I am just not happy. I'm not in a happy marriage. I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm, I'm a mom, which I loved. And I was a stay-at-home mom, which I, I loved doing that. But I knew there was so much more. And I knew that the person that I was married with was holding me back a lot. And I just wasn't able to be myself. Like he married a certain person at age 24, that insecure people pleaser, you know, do-gooder <laughs> person. And then here I realized like, okay, I'm evolving. I'm changing. I'm not that person really anymore. Like, and so in that moment, I realized something has to change. And I remember I went to my ex at the time and I was like, we need to go to marriage counseling. Something's not right. And unfortunately he took it in a way of like, oh, that means that we're over. And it wasn't, but you know, we, we tried to make it work and it just didn't work. And now 10 years later, our divorce, we're friends. And if you ask him now, he gets it because he's seen what I've managed to do since we got divorced. Cause I was that stay at home mom. And I realized, well, I need to go into the corporate world. I need health insurance. I need a nine to five job. I need a salary because I didn't have a career before I got married. And so I started doing like the hostess at a restaurant, a receptionist at a, at a, for a builder. I just kind of worked my way up. And so I just started, um, you know, kind of getting into the corporate world, becoming more confident with who I was too, because with the fact that people were hiring me, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, then I must be doing something right. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of moved on up a little, you know, just here and there. And once again, gained more confidence. And I ended up in the mortgage industry, which is kind of random because it has nothing to do with what I wanted to do in life. But I have to say it was the best thing for me because I did so many different things that I was able to kind of hone into what I was good at and my strengths. And I realized I'm really good with people building relationships. I'm a good listener. And, you know, I'm, I, I, one of those people that I love to share stories. I love to engage with people. And so it all kind of went down this path of where I started branding myself naturally with my job and just on LinkedIn and on Instagram. And the company, the mortgage company that I was with at the time took notice to that, like, Hey, she does a really good job of branding herself. We want her to brand our company. Mm -hmm. So then I pretty much was like the face of a mortgage company. And then once again, because of that, I was out there even more so. And I just became more comfortable with who I was. And as I was becoming more comfortable with who I was, I was attracting more people, which was really cool because I was being goofy. I was being a total dork many of the times. And that's 
when people connected with me the most and resonated with me the most. And so I thought, okay, I'm onto something where I'm just being me and it's working. So when I started my own business earlier this year, I thought, okay, I want to do personal branding, but I, it has to be true to the person. I can't tell them who they should be or how they should portray themselves out there. I need to hone in on who they are authentically and get that message out. And so that's why I named my company true to you branding. And, you know, I got to walk the walk, right? If I'm telling other people that they need to be true to who they are, I have to be that myself. And so I'm just owning who I am more and more each day, just getting more and more comfortable with who I am and more and more confident. And it's amazing what that will do. It just opens up so many doors and it's just, it's been fantastic. And I, I wish that everyone could get to that point where they just feel really empowered by being who they are and, and just sharing who they are and having people be attracted by that. And then you're just attracting the people that you want in your life. Like where I was before, because of my insecurities, I was attracting a lot of toxic people, a lot of negative people that were not uplifting. They weren't encouraging. It was bad. And as soon as I got rid of those type of people in my life too, and made it a point to only have people in my life that are going to be positive and um, help me attain essentially my goals. It, it took an, my life just took an entire shift, and it was, but it was all recent. Like I said, I just turned forty five this past year, and I'm just now like owning who I am. So it wasn't easy. <laughs> wow. So first of all, that's I love your story, and I think it is like such a perfect story for, um, especially, you know, in the 2021, as we start the the new year here, because for you, where you were, I love the part about your story and, and what is really standing out for me is resiliency and perseverance and really just trusting yourself and betting on yourself. Because how often do we hear the conversation of, it's too late for me. You know, my time has passed or people are like well ahead of me already, especially for you. Just, you know, I, I, as, as I was listening to you, just imagining what it was like being a stay at home mom now in a place where you're, you haven't had a career before and now stepping out into the corporate world for the first time in your thirties. And like, where do you go? What do you do? And many people could have been like, Oh my gosh, woe is me. Like, you know, uh, why me at this moment, I am like way behind everybody else. And yet you kept putting one foot in front of the other and kept in the process, trusting and betting on yourself, if anything, to take you to where you needed to go. And I think that's the beautiful part of the journey of life is that it's never too late. And your life begins the moment that you choose it, which is what I've seen as like a through line in your story. Yeah. And I mean, and I didn't even touch upon the part of where I was clinically depressed in, in my teenage years, my late teenage years. And by the time I was in college, I think it was my fourth year. It's still a fog. I attempted suicide because I really was in a place where I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I, I could add any value to the world. I mean, I just, I was a perfectionist and I realized I couldn't be perfect. So it was like, well, if I can't be perfect, well, then what's the point of living? Like, I just really was in such a horrible, horrible, dark place. And being that I've been there before, I think that's why I kind of have this like inner resilience and inner kind of like, well, it can't get any worse than where I've been. I already tried to take my life and it didn't, work. Like some, for whatever reason I was rejected. (laughs) 
Someone rejected me in that moment said, no, 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 no. Like we are not ready for you yet. So knowing that too, that's also kind of fueled me a little bit of like, okay, well, there is a reason why I'm still around. And that's why I share my story because I think, okay, well, maybe it's also to share that story with people, especially now with the fact that so many people are in such dark places because of everything that's going on. And, you know, so many people are isolated and alone and mental health is, is a huge issue right now. And I want to be someone that's a, that's like, hey, I've been in that really, really bad place where you really feel like there's no way out. The only way out is just taking your life. And I want, and I just want to share with people that you can get out of that place and be okay and not also be a victim to it. Um, like I don't, I'm not a victim to it. I, I mean. I have these tools and I have things that I do that allow me to have a different mindset. And I look at it as like, okay, that was just something that happened along my journey, but I don't let it define me. I don't let it, it's not my only story. Um, Cause you know, everyone has like, has a story and sometimes it's like, that's all they are is that story. And I feel like we have so many different stories. And just cause you had that story doesn't mean you can't create another story. Right. So like, yeah, I don't want the depression and the suicide to just be my story. I want mm. the fact that I went through a divorce and it was okay. And I have a, my, one of my best friends is my ex-husband and we still do everything as a family with my 19 and 16 year old, or that I started my own business at age 45, or that now I'm pivoting again. Like I'm going to be 46 this year and I'm pivoting to do the YouTube channel to empower kids. I mean, that's the cool part of it is I think so many of us think that we have to have a plan and we can only veer down that road. It's like, no, you can take totally different, you know, paths and that's okay. Like we, we need to give ourselves a lot more grace (laughs) than we do. I think that for whatever reason, we have this idea that life's supposed to turn out a certain way. And when it doesn't, you think that you you're doing life wrong. And that's what was like, was my problem is growing up. I, I was in an environment where I thought life was supposed to be easy. And you were supposed to be happy all the time. And if you weren't, that mean that you that means that you were doing something wrong. And so that's what happened to me. I was like, okay, life isn't that easy. And I'm not happy all the time. What's wrong with me? Hmm. <laughs> and I realized, like, no, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's the really interesting thing about life is that it isn't easy, but it doesn't have to be hard at the same time. Like it doesn't have to be a drag. It doesn't have to be difficult. And I think they're also on the flip side is that as well, where it's like, Hey, things have to be difficult all the time. It's gotta be, you gotta really work for it. It's gotta be a drag before it gets good. And, you know, I, I think that the really beautiful thing about what you've shared in your journey is that, you know, at all these different kind of junctions of your life, you haven't been afraid to be willing to pivot and reinvent yourself and try something new. And I'm really curious about when at those different points, and you just said that, you know, you're, you're now looking to, you know, pivot and do something else as well. Every single time you're at that, that junction, that kind of crossroad and there is, there's like a whole unknown in front of you in terms of, I don't exactly know where this is going to lead me. What is your guiding compass to move you forward past the fear, even though you don't exactly know where it's going to lead you? It's my intuition. It's listening to myself, just my inner voice, which that was something that I had silenced forever as well, because 
Once again, when you're that people pleaser, you're so concerned about what everybody else thinks. Like I, even now, and I, I struggle with this is external validation. I still put myself out there in a way where I, I want that validation. And I started realizing like, for what? Like, why do I need that when I know the answers really are here? So yeah, it's really been quieting the noise and almost getting into a meditative state where I'm really listening to my heart and my gut. And they're really strong. I'm one of those people where I think I've had my biggest fear right now that's holding me back is I think I'm almost embarrassed to admit that like, I know that I have the potential to do like amazing things. Like, I don't, like, I've known, like, there's something, like, I don't know what it is, but it's huge. And Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like, I'm embarrassed to share that or embarrassed to even have that in my life because it's like, I thought that I want the limelight. I don't want the limelight. Like, but I know that there's a lot of light there that's like ready to shine. And like you said, it's just kind of, listening and just being the, the comp like it's me I'm the compass right and just trusting myself a little bit more and I'm getting better and better at it but it's definitely difficult because I think so many of us are scared to live out our full potential because when we worry that other people are be like oh look you know he or she or you know they want um to be a certain way and they want to be seen in this way and they want all the attention and how vain and how self-absorbing. But I have, but I'll tell you this, what I'm trying to do is actually empower kids and put the limelight on children. So I have to remind myself that me doing that is not necessarily for my benefit. It's the, for the benefit of these kids. And so putting it back in that kind of narrative, it's helping me to let myself just go and do it. Because um, in the end, it's only going to benefit them, not mm. not me. Even though it's me that has to be the one putting myself out there first. If that makes any sense, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> that makes sense. It's hard and- for me to process like my own <laughs> thoughts. Like that's what happens. I have so much going on in my head that to actually get it out and sound normal <laughs> or make sense. It's a struggle for me at times. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like you. I think out loud too. And before my wife used to be like, I. I sometimes feel like you just talk just for the sake of talking and figure it out as you talk. So why don't you, you tell me when you figure time. it out? I'm like, I just got to talk and figure it out. So I totally get Okay, good. Because my kids are always like, mom, you're always talking to yourself. I'm like, yeah, because I have to say it out loud in order for me to kind of mm-hmm. be able to process it better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Just what happened. You guys were witness to me trying to figure out what the F I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think the... The really awesome thing about what you just shared there is about how sometimes we are afraid of our potential. We're afraid of being in the limelight and kind of going back to, and it seems like it's so cliche, but you know, so many of of us had heard, you know, the quote from Spider-Man, right? From with great power comes great responsibility. And it isn't just about like being a superhero. It's about being a leader. And when you are a leader and it can look many different ways, whether you're a leader in a company or in your own company or, you know, in, in a, having a YouTube channel that's impacting all these different lives, it requires us being uncomfortable. There is a price to pay because often, you know, if we want to be comfortable, then that's when we shy away from the limelight because being in the limelight isn't easy. Like you said, 
especially on social media, you are subject to everyone else's opinion about what you're up to, good or bad. And it can be challenging to face that. And I think there is that fear around, you know, what if I do fulfill my my greatest potential? What if I am all the things that I envision that I can be? What would that be like? And all of a sudden, we have this huge responsibility for how we show up. And at the same time, I think that's the beautiful thing about where we get to go in life because there's always this next cut. And it just means that we are playing on the edge of our our next like our next level of our, our potential gets to be like and i think that gets to be exciting as well because i think if you didn't feel that fear you weren't playing big enough no i agree and it's i think so many of us ignore that because of that you know fear of their their potential but i feel like so many people have a potential and unfortunately, even with everything going on right now, because we are closed and behind, a lot of us are behind closed doors, which I am. I mean, I live alone and I work from home and I really haven't been going out. I've really been very respectful of what's happening in the environment um, and around us. So someone like myself could be like, well, how am I, how can I do anything to impact or, and that's the key is that there's social media. There is so much that you can do. So that's why you know, I'm taking advantage of YouTube and the social media platforms, but you know, there's, you can make an impact even in your little condo in your little apartment. Uh, you know, you see that all the time. So many people get on their camera and they just start recording and start talking. And so that's another thing too, is to not give up just because things are changing and they're going to change and we're going to have to evolve. And there's going to be, there's a lot, there's a lot that we don't know what's like, there's a lot of unknown, but I think it's like you said, it's exciting. There's something about the unknown now that excites me where before it scared the shit out of me, but now I'm kind of like, it's fun. <laughs> I don't, and it's, it's hard to explain. Like every day is different. I just, I try to focus on the day at hand, but who knows what'll happen tomorrow. You know, someone can reach out to me in a way and give me an opportunity that I would, could have never imagined or you yourself, same thing with you, right? Like, so I'm just, I'm just trusting that the way things are unfolding are the way things are supposed to unfold and just not limit myself mm. while it's unfolding, like still work at it, still show up, but also trust that like, this is how it's going down. <laughs> mm, yeah. What I'm hearing, and I think is so important, is especially as we're stepping to this unknown, the really, I think the the really powerful component of surrender. Surrender not as in like wave a white flag and be like I quit, but yeah. or I give up. Surrender is really about trusting. It's it's surrendering that I don't have control over everything, and knowing that you're gonna be okay anyways. That you are yeah. taken care of. That you will figure it out. That. You trust that the, like you said, the right opportunity will show up at the right time. And if it hasn't yet, it just isn't the right time and you're getting there. And I think that's really important to really focus on, especially for this year and as where we're moving, because there is, there is so much unknown. And I think I love what you said about looking at it from a place of it's exciting, kind of almost like you're going to a theme park, you know, an amusement park, you're going on a ride and you don't really know what it's going to be. You're just lining up in anticipation and you know, when it's your turn, it's going to be awesome. I think that's where we get to, how we get to live life again, because it's the journey. That's the beautiful part of it. Not just about where we're headed and getting there to the final destination. 
Yeah, because even last year, if you'd asked me last year what my year would look like this year, I never in a million years would I said I would start my own business or I'd be doing all these podcasts or I start a YouTube channel. None of that. So who's to say next year, I'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, remember Paula was on your podcast and look at where I am now. And like, just, just knowing that, like it, it does excite me. It doesn't scare me anymore. Hey, it makes life interesting. <laughs> you know, that's one thing too, is I really try, like when people are like, are you bored? I don't think I'm ever bored. Like the, like the word boredom, I don't really ever experience because I'll play music and I'll dance around or I'll start reading a book or I'll just sit and look out the window. There are so many times where I just contemplate, like I'll just sit on my couch, I'll look out and I just go into another world and I grow into like, I'm very imaginative and I'm one of the, I'm a really, I'm a big daydreamer. And so I can sit for hours and daydream and feel like I'm still being productive (laughs) because I'm still imagining. And and uh, isn't it Albert Einstein that says like, like he has a quote about imagination where that's like where everything like comes to fruition. Like that's where your genius kind of lies is in that imagination. Like you've got to be able to kind of create something. And so I allow myself to do that too. So I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm being a lazy bum and I'm just sitting on the couch staring into a wall. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going into my creative genius right now with, by using my imagination and just conjuring up maybe what my future could look like or what I could look like. I think there's something about that, that not enough of us practice or even playfulness, like just playing, right? Just tapping into your inner child. All of those things I've, I've learned to do this year. It's like this, this year, my word was clarity. Like I really just had so much clarity in all of this chaos. Like that's the beauty of it is that everyone can be like, oh my gosh, crazy chaos. I'm like, yeah, but also picture how, there's the clarity in it and then simplification of everything too. Like my life is just more simplified because of everything. Like there's so many silver, silver linings. I really do. I do believe that obviously there's a lot of, you know, sadness and death that's been happening. But if we just like focus on all of that, then, then that's where I think we, that's the problem, right? It's like, Mm -hmm it's okay to also be happy and to be grateful (laughs) and to feel blessed and to be having fun. Like that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're being disrespectful of the opposite. You know, it's yin and yang. You got to have a balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think if, if anything, I think it is an even further wake up call. And if anything, we're doing a disservice if we are not living our lives fully for the people that don't have the opportunity to do so. Like, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's every single, you know, I was kind of reflecting on, on this year too. And I don't know if you've seen the movie soul from Disney. I highly I recommend twice already. My twice. daughter, <laughs> yeah, my 16 year old's loving it too. I caught her it's watching by herself the other night going to bed. <laughs> yeah. And that movie is so powerful. Like it is so deep. There are so many amazing themes to it and messages. And the part that I love is I'm not going to like ruin the whole plot for those that haven't watched it, but you know, like it is, as it is, you know, essentially about this man who dies on the day that he gets his big gig. And I think the beautiful part of just the overall messaging of the film is that right now, everything that's happening, the big and the small, that is the meaning of life. That is the purpose of life. And there is nothing else to it, but that, you know, we're waiting for that big, like, 
kaboom and aha. Or what and, you're you know, really good at, where, you know, yeah. 22 is like, I'm really good at walking and I'm really mm. good. It's like, yeah, like you can even celebrate those type of things, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's another thing too, is that we get so focused that we have to do these great, huge things in order to make an impact. And you don't, you really, mm. I mean, just spreading positivity into the world, just being a kind human being and practice compassion and at practicing random acts of kindness and smiling at someone when you pass them, you know, obviously mass, but it just the, you know, even with your eyes, you can smile with your eyes or just saying something nice or thank you or how are you? Like those little things can make such a huge impact in someone's life and how they you know, do their every day and, and that they, then they might pay it forward. And so it's like, we have to remember those things are just as important as the big things of starting your own business and making a million dollars or whatever people are buying the BMW that someone wants. Like, yeah, that's okay. But remember there's little nuances in there too, that we have to pay attention to that are, you know, that are huge. Yeah. And I think how we show up is so important. Like you said, just the little things around how you show up. It isn't about what you achieve or what you create that defines you. I think it, it really is about how you show up in the moments when you don't have everything yet. You and you know, and you're just it's just who you who you authentically are, like you were yeah. sharing a little bit earlier, how you show up with each and every single person, treating them with kindness. Are you taking the time to connect with people around you? Are you taking time to be thoughtful? Are you taking time to really care about the people around you, whether you know them really well, or maybe you don't. And I think all each and every single one of us underestimate the power of us, the power yeah. of you. And you have a power to literally transform someone else's day, their life from the way that you show up. And I think when we recognize that the way in which we show up, will realize matters like you matter just by, you know, the content that you're putting out with your YouTube matters, you know, and I think often we're, we're so focused on the number of, you know, subscribers or likes or how much we're making from it. But it isn't about that because when we start believing that we matter and the work that we're doing is making an impact, then how we show up in it is naturally going to, like you said, attract the people into our lives. It's automatically going to make an impact just because of the way that we show up is automatically going to have a different energy to it. It's going to have, yeah. you know, a whole and energy. Oh, See, yeah. like you said, the energy. And I think, you know, yes, granted, there are a lot of religious people, you know, there's a lot of people that follow the, but I'm, I'm very spiritual and I'm, I'm much about energy. I really am like the mm -hmm. fundamentals of what you put out there. And I think vibrationally, if we can get everybody on this planet to, <laughs> to have this, energy, this positive energy, like it really can make a huge shift and make a huge, I mean, I really, I truly believe that even our energy is affecting, um, the environment, just like with the tsunamis and the earthquakes and the hurricanes, like the horrible hurricanes that we've had. It, it, it tends to be when, like when we're in turmoil, you know, like when the world's in turmoil and I really feel like it's our energy is putting it out there in the nature where it's like getting angry. And so, but it just takes, you know, little baby steps and one person showing up, like you said, and being kind, because if you think about it, if you wake up, if you woke up this morning and your wife was a real bitch to you, <laughs> like for whatever reason, she was, she woke up on the wrong side of bed, something happened. Like it would totally affect the trajectory of your day. But if you woke up and she was like, you know, Paul, I love you so much. I appreciate you. Like, let me make you a cup of coffee. Like 
just imagine like how that makes you feel and then how you carry yourself throughout the day. Like I don't, people don't realize like how, like it can make a world of a difference. And so I want to be that person where when someone interacts with me, they feel good and they feel like they can carry that through the rest of their day. So that's how I kind of come at life now. And when I interact with people, you know, even on a zoom call or, um, cause once again, I'm not out and about like I used to be. So then, yeah, I'm more intentional when I'm on a conversation, I try to, um, you know, inflect, you know, excitement or inflect that I am happy because I'm usually am smiling. So I want to make sure that they can kind of feel that I'm smiling all those little things. I mean, my word this year's impact. So this past year was clarity. My word for this year's impact. Mm, yeah. And I think, you know, what I love about what you shared is I think at the very core of what I'm hearing is really, you know, being personally like re- fully responsible for how you're showing up and and being responsible for how you show up and seeing how it does have a ripple effect and does have an impact on others. And I, I love that because I think when we step into that responsibility, then we know that, Hey, I, I, how I show up matters. And I'm going to be, like you said, very intentional about how I show up because I'm intentional about how I want other people to feel around me. Yeah. And, and that even that's, a, yeah. And that's affected even my social media, the way I put my mm. stuff out there. So like, even back in the day, I was that person that would post their food or like a nice glass of wine at a fancy restaurant. Or if I was like at a nice, you know, hotel or I was traveling, like, and I had to think about it. I'm like, why am I doing that? Really? Like, mm. because if, if I, in any way am having an effect on someone feeling shitty about themselves and their lives, because they're not having a nice glass of wine or they're not enjoying a really nice meal and they're at home, like struggling on how they're going to put food on the table, but they came across my Instagram story or one of my posts and it made them feel like crap. I don't want to be that person anymore. Like, not that I was, I was never doing that intentionally, but when I really sat and thought about it, I was just like, what's, what's the purpose? Like what kind, what value am I adding? You know, granted you can do it in a way where maybe you are adding value, but if you're just doing it just to do it, just to like, I don't know, that's where I've definitely kind of shifted the way I even post on my social media because yeah, I don't, I don't want to ever have someone look at something that I post and feel badly about themselves or badly about their life or comparing themselves and feeling, feeling unworthy or inadequate because they're not experienced what I'm experiencing in that moment. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another thing too, that I've really tried to, uh, to be a little bit more cognizant of. That's really powerful that you brought that up around even just posting, like you said, nice glass of wine or food. And I resonate with that because I used to do that all the time. It's like all of my entire Instagram was food. It's like, it's like, what, what is the intention of this? Like you brought up and that is so powerful that you brought up because often a lot of the things that we do aren't intentional, uh, like conscious, you know, in terms of like consciously like, Hey, I'm doing this to create this effect. But I, I actually really love that you brought that up because as you were saying that, as, and I was reflecting on it, is I realized what's really underneath that is also seeking validation as yeah. well. When I would post it, like, I'm at a nice restaurant, I'm having all this amazing food. And it's like wanting the, hey, I like it. And like, oh, like, that's awesome that Paul's on vacation and doing all this kind of stuff. And I, as you were saying that, I just kind of, you know, that kind of came to mind around how sometimes we don't even realize why exactly we're doing it. But if we go a level deeper, 
we can really uncover like what really is the intention and how do we get to be more intentional every single thing that we do do and what we put out. Yeah. I mean, even pictures of me and my kids, like I even noticed that I don't ask to have pictures with my kids anymore, like on Christmas or Thanksgiving, because I noticed that I like had to have that picture, right? Where I would post it so that everyone would think that I'm such a good mom because my kids like me and we're hanging out together. And my kids are like, mom, I don't want a picture where before I'd like make them do it. And it was like, they'd have this like animosity towards me and they'd resent me of like, oh, here we go. Mom having to post on her social media. And they just, mm. it, they, cause my kids aren't big on social media. They're 19 and 16. They have, they pay attention to it, but they don't post a lot at all. They just, they're like, ew. And then they see me doing it all the time. So, and, and that was another, yeah, that's where I was also like, why am I even doing that? Like, why do I have to validate my relationship with my children? Like my kids love me. I love them. That's all that should matter. As long as they know that I care about them and we're good. Why do I have to worry about what other people are thinking about my relationship with my kids? And and so even with Christmas day, you know, everyone posts and there's, once again, it's, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm not trying to be judgy about people posting with their matching PJs in front of a Christmas tree, because there are plenty of families that that they love that and the kids love it. And that's great. But there are plenty that, you know, behind the scenes, the parents are forcing their kids to do it and their kids are miserable. And that's where I have a problem of like, why are you doing it then? Because now you're putting out this image that you guys are perfect when really you're not. And then you're making other families feel like since they don't have that picture that they're not perfect. And it just perpetuates this like narrative of where we're all like inadequate and we're all comparing ourselves. And so that's like, so even with my Christmas day, my kids, they did a funny picture where, and this is so inappropriate, but I had done a burrito for my daughter and she's like, this looks like a huge blunt. And so they were pretending like they were smoking it. Like, and I took the picture and that was my picture that I had of them, of them being like super silly. And, you know, and I thought that's good enough for me. I don't need like in front of the Christmas tree. And I didn't, you know, it, it, and so even with that, it's like, I had to think about that as well. Like, why am I doing? Yeah. It, there, I mean, we can go down a huge rabbit hole with all, with the psychology and the, <laughs> behind all of that. Um, but that's just kind of where I am that's the space and place that I am in mm. is, is, is being more conscious about why I do what I do. Is it for me or is it for others? Mm. Yeah. And you know, I think that's just a beautiful place to really, I think if anything, tie together our conversation, because what I'm hearing from you say, which is, you know, kind of, I think comes full circle from where we started is that it comes down to authenticity at the end of the day. Yeah. It's about showing up fully authentic and whatever it looks like, embrace that. You know, if it's, you know, holding a burrito, pretending it's a blunt, you know, or if it's standing in front of a Christmas tree. Yeah, or if your family has that tradition and they absolutely love it and that's their thing, then that's great. But that's because, but that, but they're being true to who they are and they're being genuine and they're not doing it because everybody else is doing it and that's what you do. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And, you know, so- Thank you so much, Raquel. Once again, like it was such, I can continue to go down, like you said, this rabbit hole with you. I think we can, we can continue to talk for hours. No, but I I appreciate the conversation because like this today was a conversation that I've had for the first time on a podcast where it's also, I'm learning a lot about myself. Like I even had a kind of a couple light bulb moments as I was talking to you where Mm. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This is something that I haven't really like thought about. So thank you for that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, 
Um, for our audience, Raquel, that want to find out more about you, learn more about your work, where can they find you? Uh, so I'm on the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, all under my name, Raquel Boris. And then I have the YouTube channel called Rock the Boat, R-A-Q, The Boat. So those are essentially the best places to find me. Awesome. And yeah. thank you so much once again, Raquel, for all the gold nuggets that you dropped on us today. I had so much fun on our interview. I learned so much from you as well. You get really got me thinking about a lot of different things that, you know, are, um, you know, I think refreshing and I think important to really highlight and really, you know, kind of contemplate and reflect on as we think about how we get to show up this year that gets to be impactful and really make a difference and, and be intentional. So thank you so much once again for being on the podcast. I just really appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Paul. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Raquel. And for our audience out there, thank you so much for joining us once again. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes, I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joyce Sauce.